Hello and welcome to Open Source Governance. I'm your host Pendar and we're going to listen to the fourth Open Source Governance public session. This session was recorded on the 21st of May 2017th in Showroom Mama in Rotterdam, the Netherlands. The current session episode you're listening to and the other session episodes to follow are the episodes prior to the episode zero of our podcast. These sessions are uploaded on the podcast for the sake of documentation and also for the sake of transparency and openness of the discussion to the public. You can read the summarized transcript of these sessions and of course learn about and contribute to the project on our website opensourcegovernance.com. Outside, <laughs> yes, we recorded the sound with this, and it's all visible. You can listen. To oh, it. yeah, hello, hi, hello. hi, hello, 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 hi, so it's funny because um, we talked about this session, this idea before it, it even started with Arvand and Gona. Um, like how many years ago? Two, three years ago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then you haven't been on board much. Yeah. And you're we back. All the yeah, but you're you're in for a good time. Uh, <laughs> guys, want to have a drink? We have. Coffee, tea, and all kinds of cool Thanks. stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, you all have already. Yeah. So we've had so far three sessions here in Mama, and and a lot of trial sessions <coughs> elsewhere before it started here in Mama. And I can say for these three sessions, we were kind of discussing the whole idea from many different directions. And the the conversation kind of became a bit general about just analyzing the whole idea. So we talked about everything, including education and uh, discussing what's right and what's wrong and decisions how to make decisions and if some decision is what is good and bad decision like the morality of decisions and the outcomes of the decisions and we we talked about a lot of um, practical stuff like blockchains bitcoins examples like wikipedia and a lot of stuff um, that I've kind of listed and everything is on the website. And you can also listen to all of the sessions on the website, opensourcegovernment.net. So the whole set is still very long sessions, but it's interesting to listen to because uh, 
If you like cut it right, maybe it could be a nice podcast. Uh huh. Yeah. It's already a podcast. Yeah. I put it on this website. It's free so far. I don't know if it's gonna stay free, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's working for three sessions. So it's open source government. Yeah. Yeah. And like there is the. Uh, um, and the about of, of the project, what is it about? It's very short and like, what is it trying to achieve? What are the plans? And all that. Don't have internet. Hmm. That was weird. Ah, Zoom also got disconnected. Oh. Yeah. So, but I don't think we can go through all everything that was discussed for three sessions. But um, it would be an idea, I think, to go over the most important ones, right? Yeah. For just for everybody to engage. And I'm hoping that we can by the end. Like spend like half an hour and an hour to make a core group to see if who is interested to stay and to become part of the the the, uh, the project and to see if how can we make this thing going how can we practically make it happen like to even ap apply for funds for make the website better make action groups and you know divide responsibilities who wants to do what but that's for the end that's um just wanted to tell that maybe this is a session that's suitable for this kind of talk for the end um yeah so one of the main things main important things that was discussed was uh, how to um actually do Talk, um, talk about how to, uh, you know, uh, do the legislation in an open source way. Because you all know somehow what is it about, right? So we want to try to do the legislation via open sourcing. So we put the remove the parliamentary and representative system and replace it with open sourcing the government. Yeah, the legislation. That's the main goal of this project, and to create a blueprint, like a constitution, of how it may work um, uh, as a government or a system, whatever, just system with a lot of people, that can work in a way that the legislation is not done by representatives, but by every member of the society. So that's the main goal. And... Um, There was a lot of discussions about how to do it and what are the models of doing that. So one of them is uh, like people. These people proposed, for example, um, jury duty. You know what that is. So, so like, for example, in the states, if you're a citizen, you will receive a letter once in a while that you have to go to the court and become the jury. 
So, and then if something happens, then you voice your opinion and then you say, I, this guy is guilty or not, right? But that's the duty. You, if you're a citizen, you have to go. Otherwise, you have to pay fines, right? But I guess they don't invite everybody. No, no, everybody has to go from every parts of the society. So they can go there to report and be part of the jury? If you yeah. receive the mail. You get called, I think, twice in your life. There's something like that. And then you can refuse due to practical circumstances. Um, but I don't think you can refuse more often than once where you have to, you know, you really need to do it. Well, but I guess if you're not a good citizen, you have to be <laughs> yeah, a good citizen. I mean, you have to have no criminal yeah. background, you have to like, have no financial, serious financial problems, credit problems. I don't think that credit problems come into play. I, the, the criminal record could be a part of it, but I'm quite sure because they always make you know, this bus of little so movies and so on, that it's all walks of life mm. coming together here. But there's something very... Did you see the movie 12 Angry Men? No. Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah. yeah it's from the Exactly. So that deals also with the fact that how easily a big group can be kind of coerced into a particular idea. Mm. It's, um... Is it from the 60s, you said? Yeah, it's an old black and white movie. Mm. It's gonna watch that. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Very theatrical. Yeah. 12 Angry Men. Yeah. Yeah, so that was one of the ways that was discussed the old fashioned jury duty. And some other way was like just to meet in city halls and debate and stuff like that. And then there was a lot of discussions over what if the discussion goes in a way that favors the populism and then the decision that's made is hurtful, right? Mm -hmm. So we talked a lot about of this stuff. Um, but one thing that is sure is that so far, we know that blockchain is the best technology to make to secure the process of, you know, developing an open source document, which is the Constitution. Sorry, I don't know what blockchain is. Blockchain is, um, blockchain is a, a, a system in which uh, a transaction, for example, is made. Uh, between peers, so it's a peer-to-peer -peer system. It's not, uh, it's not a central. There's no central, for example, bank that you have to go to the bank and then the bank goes to the second person. Like you have, for example, Bitcoin is the best example. If you have Bitcoin on your computer. I have one. Aaron has one, and I send you half of a bitcoin it's a lot of money actually it's like six hundred dollars right and but a few years ago it was not so expensive yeah yeah now it's one thousand two hundred people are really lucky yeah ali you there yes i'm here okay <laughs> <laughs> and i don't know where he is Double your screen, like have the word file on your right. Uh huh. I don't know which screen Addy is on. Yeah, 
actually. Ah, it's this one. Yeah. Okay. How did it install stuff on my computer? <laughs> so, okay. And um, so, yeah, blockchain is kind of um, a, a system in which transactions are made between peers and they are encrypted. Right. Do you want me to describe blockchain in a more technical way? Yeah, go for it. Because it's not about transactions. Uh, when you say transactions, is you're referring to Bitcoin. Bitcoin is one application built on top of blockchain. Yeah. So what blockchain yeah. is actually actually is is just a database, right? So uh, we store information in the database. Normally and traditionally, if you want to store information, you need a server where you store information there on the server and anyone who want to have access to information need to connect to the server. But blockchain technology allows people who want to have access to the information uh, to have access to all information without needing to have a server. So if there are 10 people that they want to share information between each other, there is no need for a server. So everyone in a blockchain system has a copy of the whole database. Mm. So, so this is the underlying technology. So in this system, uh, you could implement uh, different solutions. So anytime that you want to store information and let a group of people use that information without needing for a centralized authority or a server, you could use blockchain. So in this sense, uh, Bitcoin, for example, uses blockchain to store information about how much money everyone has. So when you join Bitcoin, you have a database of all the transactions that have ever happened in Bitcoin history. Mm. You have a copy of it and everyone else have the same thing. So there is absolutely no one in, in the Bitcoin industry that uh, there is no server, there is no database, there's no such thing. There's no everyone, bank. Every user is a bank, basically. You could assume that you could assume a bank where there is no branch, there's nothing. Every customer is also uh, the whole service provider as well. So, so Bitcoin is one one of the applications, the different applications. I just give you some ideas so you wouldn't think blockchain is about money. No. And then I, I'll leave you, uh, you, you move on. Uh, and the reason I'm, I'm saying that because uh, a lot of things are happening. Like last week here in uh, Melbourne, we had a hackathon, it was called RegHack, uh, Regulatory Hackathon. That was encouraging people to use blockchain for solving regulatory problems. And some of the uh, ideas were, had nothing to do with uh, money. For example, one of the ideas was uh, using blockchain to store uh, documents. So whenever you buy a house, you have to transfer uh, like ownership. And normally, traditionally, you have to go to a government authority and you have to pay a lot of money to register your name there. But instead, the idea was to register the transfer of the, the to register the document in a blockchain database. This way, there is absolutely no cost involved. And also the, uh, the transaction, the, 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 the document is stored uh, in everyone's uh, database. So no one can alter or manipulate that data. This is the other property mm. of blockchain. Once something goes to the blockchain, it will never come out. So once you put some bit of information in blockchain, it is there forever. And no one can 
take it or hijack it or do anything with it because it's distributed to all members that have yeah. access to that blockchain. And there's no way that this like distribution action can be hacked because that's the only question I always have. Mm -hmm. Because if that's the only kind of like to me the only weak weak part of the system, no? Where okay, okay, I, I think I know. I think I got your question, but correct me if it is, this is not a question. So traditionally, the way we look at databases is that we are all users or clients, and the database is the server. Yeah. So the information or the source of truth is not here, it's at the server. Yeah. And clients, which are us, we make a request. We say, for example, tell me how much, uh, how much money Alexa has, how much money Pandora has, or tell me that document with this ID, and the database returns with the response of our request. This yeah. is a traditional way. This is a centralized model of storing data. Mm -hmm. But in a decentralized model, like blockchain, everyone has a copy of the whole database. So you have the whole database, I have the whole database. Mm -hmm. And everyone else have the whole database. So if, if I want to know something, I just check it in the database. Yeah. How can how can I know the database that I have, what you have, is the most accurate one? So anytime that I make a change, I want to make a change to the database, I make a change myself. And because every one of you know me in the system, I make a change and I tell everyone, hey, I have made this change. And everyone confirms this uh, change in the database. And when more than 50% of uh, the users have confirmed that that applies to everyone. So, and it takes time. This is the other difference. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a network thing. So after uh, like 10 minutes to one hour, everyone's database is up to date and contains that if that's changed that you made to your own database. So that is the fundamental difference. Did I answer the question? Yes. And then the next question I always have with this is that I don't understand because now a lot of, with having centralized servers, there's these huge server parks that store data, no? Um, how much of this uh, blockchain relies on um, these kind of like real storage? So how, like, are all of our houses gonna be, if this is gonna be implemented into a lot of other stuff. So imagine like in 50 years, we don't have uh, banks, we don't have, um, how do you call this, like, uh, we don't have a government, for instance. There's no centralized anything. Everybody, everything is peer-to-peer -peer and everybody has their own, has everything, basically. So, how much of our house is going to be data park? That's what I'm wondering. Like, where is this, if everybody has a copy mm, of physically? everything. Yeah, how oh. is this going to look physically? Well, there's... They're storing, I mean, the, the ICs are becoming much and much smaller with larger space, so, so I don't... There, there are a yeah, couple of things yeah. to uh, think about. First of all, that technology is advancing and the, the storage technology is getting better and better, right? So at the moment, if you want to store, let's say, 10 uh, terabytes of data, maybe you need this size, but soon it will go down to molecular level. So now they're, they're working on the storing information in the DNA, basically, right? Mm -hmm. So st storage might not be a problem. Processing power might uh, take, like, 
totally changed because of the quantum computing. So this yeah. is one thing we should think about. So there are new technologies that are coming that will change the atmosphere. The other thing is that blockchain is not to replace the traditional storage. It's not competing with it. It has its own advantages and also disadvantages. For example, if you're storing big files, it's better if it's stored in a non-blockchain way. It doesn't need to be centralized, but it could be stored in multiple locations and spread across multiple locations. So this way, if, uh, for example, like CIA wants to get all the information, they can't go to one place. They have to go to a thousand places. But yeah. when you use blockchain, what you mean is that everyone needs to have the whole database. That's a huge thing. So it doesn't necessarily a solution for every database. You should only consider blockchain when uh, you are storing uh, metadata. For example, yeah. this person did this. Something that the information the information is small. So for example, this video, if you want to capture, if everyone wants, if YouTube wants to use blockchain for videos, it doesn't work because then everyone at yeah. the computer need to store all the videos that YouTube has. So, so blockchain in that case is not a solution for storing data. So there are three concepts that we're talking about. Traditional databases where there is one server that stores everything. At the other end of the spectrum, we have blockchain where every user have all the database and there is absolutely no server. There's, there's another concept in the middle which we're not talking about here is decentralized databases, which is different than blockchain. In that case, you, you would use more than one computer to store the data. Yeah. So it helps with not, uh, it helps with reducing the risk of one server to be attacked or data which we lost. Okay. Right. So, but it could be, so, uh, um, this, is, this is becoming really technical, but it could, so it could be that for instance, all the the contracts and the uh, the like the real money is yeah. kind of like not spread, but the metadata about it is spread. So we all know what everybody has done. All the agreements, all, all the transactions, yeah. all the yeah, all the data that is needed for referring to. You yeah, know. Uh, I I give you one example. So for example, if uh, I want to claim that I, I am the owner of this huge file, which is two gigabytes, right? Yeah. The way you can use blockchain for this uh, solution is that you create a hash of that file. The hash means is an encrypted version of yeah. anything, mm -hmm. and it's a very short string. Yeah. But so you store that information in the blockchain. Yeah. Okay. So any times in the future, any time in the future, if I claim this was my file, we simply refer to the hash. If it had, if it uh, encodes to the same hash, then that's mine. So this is one way. The other thing that I, I just remembered, I have to mention the other uh, technology that has been built, has been implemented on top of blockchain recently, which you all need to know when you're thinking about a solution is smart contracts. So can I ask how many people know about smart contracts here? One person? Yeah. So one out of five, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just, I just want to know because I'm also, uh, no, but I'm also, yeah, yeah. trying to, 
But yeah, can you? It's 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 very necessary for understanding this idea. But if you can keep it short, because uh, we, yeah. we're starting with too too many technical. <laughs> yeah, sure. This is I, I'm aware of time, but this is very important because when people talk about using blockchain mm. in regulatory purposes, which you are exactly talking about, that mm. they are talking about smart contracts. So you you need to know what smart contracts are. Yeah. So I, I but I keep it short. Uh, what the way blockchain used the way Bitcoin used blockchain was by simply storing the information about how much money everyone has. Okay, just single line of information. That was the structure of the database. But there was a new system built on top of blockchain where they store a piece of computer code in the blockchain. So this way, I can store a bit of a logic in the blockchain and everyone would have access to that bit of logic and that logic or that the program that I have put in the blockchain will execute by itself or autonomously and that is the beauty of it. So the same way as no one can, uh, if, if you buy some Bitcoin and you have it in your wallet, it is no person on the earth that could change that or could take it away from you because that information is stored in everyone's computer. The same way, if I put a logic in blockchain, in this new blockchain, which is called Ethereum, right? E-T-H-E-R-E-U-M, Ethereum. Mm -hmm. If I put a code in Ethereum, that code will be executed every time something happens and no one on earth could stop execution of that thing. A simple example, for example, you could put this logic that uh, any time that the visit of this website goes to a hundred, uh, you should pay me a thousand dollars, something like that. So anytime that the uh, daily visits of this website goes to a thousand visits a day, you have to pay a hundred uh, ether or whatever the coin is. It's called ether, right? So this is a contract. We make this contract and we put it in a code and we put the code into the blockchain. So anytime that that happens automatically, that amount of money is deducted from your account and it's gone to my account. So you yeah. could put logics and you could come with uh, basically smart contracts or the different ways of calling it. Uh, you could go creative and you could come with solutions. So every time that this and that happens, this should happen. The outcome is not necessarily the transfer of money, but could be anything. Another example, so before I finish, for example, now we have solar panels, right? So you could use blockchain to enable people to put an outlet uh, on their wall and anyone who wants to use the power, they just plug their phone or whatever they want to charge and based on the power they use, they get charged automatically without needing any software or any server to be running. So that is called the smart contract and when they call about using blockchain for regulation, most of the time, they're referring to this aspect of blockchain. Mm -hmm. All right. Is how important is the financial component in this uh, kind of like you know the logic of a smart contract? Like, is there? Could you imagine examples which have nothing to do with transactions? Like, how abstract mm -hmm. can we make? Yeah, just, a, just a simple example. When whenever the uh, Hits of the website 
goes to uh, a million hits, send mm. me an email. Yeah, yeah. And it does send an email. And if you write the code wrong, if you write the code instead of a million, if you just put one, so if it every visit, you will receive an email forever. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's very important to get it right. That's why uh, we're not really seeing uh, the impl- uh, implementation of blockchain on a bigger scale because it's not like a computer software. Computer software, if you find a bug, you update it and that's it. In blockchain, if it's wrong, it will be wrong forever. And it's so hard to fix something because it's like a virus. Imagine you're a laboratory and you're working on a virus that could do something. But if the virus goes out, it is gone out, right? There's no second chance to fix it. It's gone out. And to fix it, you have to come with a new virus that would find the other older versions of that virus and kills them. That's how hard it is. That's why the companies that are implementing blockchain, it's also important to know the difficulty of it. The companies who are implementing blockchain, they write the code in one month, they test the code for a year. They seriously test it before they get it out. Yeah, but uh, with, with um, regards to open source, you know, like you know, Wikipedia and stuff, that's also blockchain or not? Because Wikipedia uh, no. is, is, is just a is just a soft is a very uh, so open source software as I understood it is kind of um, a software that is has its own specifications and then it's out there in the open for everybody to download and then work on it and make another version that has a different recipe but it's based on the same thing but it has different different. Uh, specifications or additional specifications and then that's also online so another person comes in and, and takes that and then changes it and then, so it's always ever growing right um, it can grow to different branches it can grow like to a sing- single one but become more and more developed like Wikipedia for example uh, or WordPress you know and uh, but uh, the idea for this particular idea of uh, making the you know open source legislation is that the the constitution happen this happens to constitution so it's online but the process of the, doing that is is uh, you, via blockchain right but to conf- uh, the process of confirmation on Wikipedia. No, under under legislation, under constitution. For for the open source government. Yeah. Yeah, if you want if you want to store information somewhere that no one could manipulate, mm. you would store it in a blockchain system. Yeah. Okay. Mm. There's a there's a philosophical problem here in yeah. the sense that that kind of assumes that the constitution is good. And doesn't need fixing. Why? No. If you store the constitution in a blockchain system, mm-hmm. which is then very hard to fix. Yeah, I mean that's it's not a philosoph- it's a very basic problem. Like yeah. really, like I don't know how then it's really difficult. Mm. Like it kind of almost makes it impossible unless I don't know how it's a bit complex, but you kind of 
uh, like extract different layers and there are some things that are on blockchain that don't need to be changed and there are mm. also like other systems so blockchain is not good for change that's being proposed here if it's about smart contracts and if the smart contract does something with the real world or a financial thing you should be careful but if it's not about a smart contract, if it's about uh, storing information, like what Bitcoin does, mm. then there's no problem. You can always change things. You can uh, yeah. put very simple workflows uh, in a very simple logic, and it could live there, and you can update it because it's not uh, changing anything in the real world. Yeah, but we are talking about a document, which is the Constitution, to change that. Yeah. And, and also has several regional... Because we have, we were, we agreed to have one federal legislation and several regional legislations, and also minority legislation sometimes. You know, so that everybody. But I don't felt. think it's interesting to with blockchain to actually store the the blockchain in this process. It's I think blockchain in an open source government is interesting for the processes mm. to make sure that it's not manipulated who the, the does the choosing. Mm. I don't think it's about storing the legisla legislation. It's mm. about who can change it. That's where the blockchain is for, right? That not That's somebody right. can like uh, take Hack over half, yeah, half of the computers of the Netherlands and vote yes. Mm. You get, and that's something that uh, for when it that's not that that's actually really good. So then you, the only scary thing about it would be that if somebody says you don't exist. For, like makes the mistake that you don't exist, you will not able to vote anymore unless they can find a way of doing it differently. But it's not as if the constitution is going to be written in blockchain. It's the metadata about the process of who is going to be able to click yes or like it's about the voting process. Yeah. That that's not man manipulatable or hackable. Well, I think there's something to be said also about like a constitution should not be like you need a constitution to be difficult to be changed. Yeah. Like I think that's no, we're talking very. About, but we're not talking about the constitution. I am talking about, about the constitution. Like so, this is where you started out on this. So this fact that you have some piece of legislation which underpins everything you do that should be a very stable document. But still, there needs to be some allowance for mm. adaptation or amendments because we change and we grow as people. Yeah. So the kind of, I think there's value in the idea of having a constitution in that kind of setup. But mm. then also the very meticulous thinking of like how, like how, how to, to do the yes or no. How to write the yeah. very first part of the, the constitution, but also how to test it is what mm. Ali says. That yeah. they test for a year after like writing code for a month. Yeah. If something as important but as a constitution. <laughs> we we talked a lot also about pirate parties. Yeah. In uh, session two and three mm -hmm. also we had Tommy here. He's <laughs> from the pirate party of Holland. And. Um, we facilitated a bromance here. <laughs> yeah, and then um, he was kind of uh, we we talked a lot about the Iceland uh, and Swedish pirate parties, and um, they and uh, how they are you know trying to how they did try to change the constitution of Iceland in two thousand and nine I guess. Mm -hmm. um, 
so they wrote this whole constitution and they put it in the in the parliament so that make a change but but it wasn't approved because the majority of the parliament was the conservatives but uh, this is what i'm talking about uh, with the constitution and this document and how to do the the change in the constitution that's actually the biggest problem of making this blueprint because uh, and how to do it if is it a referendum like for example if i go online on my computer and make a change in the in the you know in this uh, constitution and then i post it should half of the population of my country say yes for it to pass or should it be some more kind of a smart way so some way to do it because i've been also following a lot on, on federal and regional uh, and we talked a lot about uh, what is regional what is national and what is global and what is maybe like um, what is for example what is eu and how does it work how does it function and things like that so uh, we talked a lot about um, for example if you want to make a change in city of rotterdam like if you want to for example somebody goes online and says i want all the mosques to be closed but he's not a muslim himself then will it ha will he have more say or less say in passing this legislation right so should we have we uh, should we have kind of a, Mm, uh, ranking system for the users should it be based on education if i have a master's in art if the issue that has been discussed is a cultural one will i have more say than somebody who's studying defense right? says, yeah <laughs> so yeah so the, 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 the main problem of this blueprint is how to do it because because we want to get rid of the election because this is this is the old election system that we are trying to avoid we want to update that because it's been going on for a few hundred years but uh, it's proving to be not functional um, that's when uh, tommy talked about the sortition or lottery system that what used to have uh, be uh, in in the Greek uh, governments. And I remember that was a very interesting it, article. Yeah, yeah. Which which might actually return on uh, the municipal level hmm. here in Rotterdam on the. Um, my new information. <laughs> uh, no, this is uh, they are not sure yet, but on the on the level of gebiedscommissies, mm. so this is like the 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 part structure of the uh, so it's not city hall uh, city council, but it's um, the area zones, more the area advisory yeah. boards in a way. Um, there might be um, uh, there's discussion about that they might implement the lottery system. Mm -hmm for representation of the areas. Mm -hmm. So so they, they, choo they choose their representatives based on the lottery system? <laughs> Might happen, mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. So that's completely random? I'm not sure. I think you do have to be um, um, connected to a political party or have mm -hmm. shown some interest in engagement. Mm -hmm. But that then it's like you, the... Um, so you, you, you know, you do have to kind of like 
uh, said that you would accept uh, the position no. prior to, yes. uh, but that people cannot vote to you on you for your position behalf. directly mm -hmm. or on mm -hmm. your behalf directly. But that on that level, it would be like a party would look at who their um, uh, members are in that area, and that would be thrown in a lottery. Mm. Why is there still parties then? Like if you have. This is interesting because what I'm learning from the Gebietscommissie, I recently became a member of the Green uh, Party, so I'm learning all this new stuff. <laughs> um, um, that actually on the, Gebiets, on the level of Gebietscommissies, it's a very direct engagement with the resident. So like uh, problems are noticed, they are reported to, uh, to, um, um, to the, the, the members of the Gebietscommissie. And they will try to work together to like I think it's the one you know space in the whole political structure that it's the first thing you do is try to work together and only then if you cannot resolve it it turns political and mm. it moves back to the city hall and so like on these areas it's also much more kind of like common to have parties who are like seem uh, radically opposed, like mm. uh, Leifar and uh, Hulings, to work together because it's a very mm. like obvious, it's a very hands-on situation. Mm -hmm. So things won't move forward if, if they are constantly... If they only obstruct or mm. if they only like defend their own, you know. Mm. I mean, it, I think it's a more a space where informed by your own, like your own party's ideals, mm. you work towards a solution, but it's also very kind of, so it would be really like a dent in the road or a tree fallen over or mm. plans to build a, a, a new series of flats. Like very, they're all very, you know, concrete cases. So that allows also to kind of let go of, of your, I don't want to say let go of your ideals, but Agenda. like have your ideals in, inform your actions and it becomes less of a political abstraction which mm. you need to you know stand your defense mm. so that kind of way of nice. how these various skills communicate mm. with each other is also interesting mm. and and when you think about it like it's basically everything is local no like in a way like you could make it super decentralized yeah because the, the question is like how much should be like national there's not because every area is so inherently different but then all they're also all connected so there should be like there there like it's not as if as if here in garden central we have nothing to do with the north or the east or middle or whatever but it's so but basically, globally is a sum of locally. No, yeah. there is no such. There is no such like hidden or invisible. Yeah, well, the, the, yeah. You remember we talked about if things get too regional, then the problem would be that, for example, if you go from Utrecht to what's the next next province is uh, South Holland, and then like. From here, like police comes only to, <laughs> to the border and then stops chasing like, the thief because it says, okay, not my problem anymore, bye. <laughs> or like um, they won't pay for the, you know, um, 
tra- t- uh, phone phone uh, wires until that far. So we have to kind of have some sort of federal or national yeah. organization that provides the infrastructure of a whole system. Um, yeah, but maybe but only. Yeah, only that, yeah, maybe only that, but uh, the rest could be done regionally because, um, because then it couldn't take the the whole idea of this uh, this uh, concept is to get rid of the you know um, fraud no not fraud like lobbying that's happening in the in the you know parliaments. So that's a, that's in a very national size. I think the, like one like one kind of end of it is to make things really regional, um, and the other end is also um, like how to also kind of like undermine all these borders. Like I also wouldn't know wouldn't see why you completely assume this national borders or like provincial borders or or like all these other things. Mm-hmm. Um, also because. I mean, I could imagine that for some, like, for some things, you know, like, the, the way the Bitcoin system works is, like, really, it's, a, like, a very basic, it's, like, super basic thing. Um, yeah, that's, like, completely, like, stable. It doesn't need to be changed. It's, like, very, very simple, basic. Mm. And it works everywhere. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't work with, it doesn't really relate to where you are. It just works, you know? Mm-hmm. And I can, you know, I can imagine that so many other things could also be like that. And yeah. then, like, kind of changing that balance of how things are kind of conceptualized, yeah. maybe. And then also, like, kind of, kind of makes it different how we, how you think of the constitution. Like, what, you know, to what extent, like, what is that going to affect and what not? And what does it do they need to, you know? But I think also undermining this um, borders would be very interesting. Yeah, it's absolutely. Because, well, that's that's something that could be the next. I mean, if if this such thing is going to happen, you know, it it has to go one by one, and then you know, one country or, or like once so we are we are thinking about implementing this in the school. For you know, for a, for a, for a simulation or like maybe even in a prison, that's a good nice idea, right? <laughs> uh, so people take care of their own. But if if undermine the board, it's it's very difficult to no, actually, no, actually do this. I think it's actually very difficult to do the board. I think it's very easy for some things to just undermine. Like it's almost it almost doesn't make sense to have the board. Ah, you mean to have like, for this? For example, with the Bitcoin system and the money. Yeah. You know, like you don't have to, like it doesn't make sense, like make one only from the Netherlands. That's like completely separated from everything else. Mm. Yeah. So you mean that the na- nature of this idea should be pos- should be I able think, to also I, know. I think like adopt. I think it would be interesting to think of what aspects could be undermining that, or like what aspects are like really actually kind of just naturally don't represent like. Or it will be more productive, and then it doesn't have to be. I don't think it has to be a general principle. Well, but it's no. also about. It's kind of like what you're saying is also. It almost naturally will anticipate like undermining the borders because what we're talking about in a way is like creating porosity in power structures, 
So it's um, you're already talking about like how uh, to open up um, uh, a power structure which is centrally organized and uh, put a decentral amending system in place, yeah. but which means that um, that already opens up one circle, and so that will open up a next circle of involvement or engagement outside. So there's uh, there might always be a cent center mm -hmm. where it would refer back to, but once it starts functioning, anyone could get involved. So for instance, uh, like we suggested before, and who knows, we should maybe we should try that we kind of like implemented in Mama as a test. Yeah, like yeah. we could be a test area, mm -hmm. but which would mean that eventually that maybe the first line of people to get involved would be staff members, mm -hmm. then it would be our network of volunteers, but then it would be their friends, and then it could yeah. be their family, and there's like that would all create a kind of like feedback of influences, which if we adhere to the system because we've committed. We need to engage with if we yeah. like it or not, or if yeah. it like fits our proposition or not. True. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but then still, it's kind of to me trying to get wrap my mind around it. But to me, it's maybe two sides of the same coin. That when then when you make when you kind of like don't talk about borders anymore, it becomes super global but super local at the yeah, same exactly. time. Yeah. 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 So it could be that some art space in um, 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 Lithuania, Lithuania art, yeah, has a really strong idea about a program. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Then that's what would happen. Yeah, I think artist residences are the best thing to do. It. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, to go to true. Rikes and say, forget what Where you're doing. Uh, yeah. Okay, you know he's listening. Um, yes, so, I have one. Yeah. Basic Are you there? Ali? Maybe not. It's the other Ali. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I have one basic question about parties. Mm. Do you also consider parties when you're talking about <clears throat> make it more a small case like regional and then national and then or with the, some border? So yeah. it's a lot of parties in between. It's, it's happened. I mean, people when you ha you're allowed to make a change mm. and when it's the case is smaller like changing something in Rotterdam. <laughs> You already made, you know, some fan for you because people consider that, and then they give you yes or no, and then you, I don't know, you change it, and then for the other action of you also, uh, they will follow you anyway because people, I think in this system, people know each other, yeah, you know, so then it's really easy to make a lot of parties, mm. and so. In between, it's it's a lot of lobbies. It can happen also. Yeah, yeah, but that's the benefit to it. There's not only two parties like most of you know, like well, in Holland we have a lot of parties, yeah. but but in uh, in Iran and the States we have only two parties. So if that's the case, <laughs> then we have oops. <laughs> <laughs> then we will have too many frames. Wait, screenshot. 
um, there will be a lot of parties in in that case because there will be regional parties, there will be national parties, there will be parties that are only taking care of sim similar things, but then they will voice voice their opinion through their own media. So there will be more mediums, right? And there's be also decentralization in media and in the parties, if that's the case. But there 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 are already like at least for the in the case of the Netherlands with the last like elections we got like 88 listed parties now yeah, like in, like incredible, and in the end like 23 actually running. Mm. Um, um, so I think this is something what's happening anyways, but this would be, so it's almost, but now it's become like in the current government formation, it's an obstruction because the system in place is not suitable to, um, absorb these needs, you know, in a way, which will, like, I think, I think this is something we'll need to embrace. Like you can't go, I don't think, I think it's a. I think the ship has sailed, or so. I think it like it it, it sings, sits in with an uh, increased individuality and like how the whole society is changing. So you can't say like no, go back, like you're a socialist or not. You know, I don't. I think that's an impossible. Uh, mm. And ideally, if this whole system works, there's seven billion parties in the world. No? Every person is a party. Could be a party. Could be yeah. a media. And it's very hard to lobby with a party if there's too many of them you cannot risk spending so much money on one party while there's hundreds of it also under you know like trying to go against that if that's the case if there's a party you know i'm sure there will be parties like people who think alike would find each other here this is form this they thing. might be not like organized i think there might be, be just movements. Facebook groups people talking to each other like I hey you can call it movement because that's real people and real uh, talks, real conversations, rather than party is something that stays there for ages and for decades, and, and it has like principles, and then you know, not necessarily. Is it the same as movement? You think? No. Yeah, and it could also be. Oh, sorry. No. Party is for just one thing yeah. instead of like now every party has to form an opinion about everything but if you have if you if you kind of like break it open and you don't have this four-year thing anymore so you choose when something so you talk about it when it's there mm -hmm. you can have like movements or parties or but this, but this is already part of of the change like for instance a party like article n is very clear and self proclaimed one issue party they're like anti-discrimination yeah. and yeah. that's it and everything that follows from there is uh in line with the ideas of anti-discrimination and they've also already said like so if we're not needed we're not needed apparently we're needed yeah so like also yeah. very much willing to blow them you know cells up if the case is solved mm -hmm. So it could be temporary, but the, as just as an idea of like you could have temporary, yeah. temporary agenda. movements or yeah. agendas mm -hmm. and nodes kind of to hook on to. Yeah, sure. but then without the four-year thing, because now they, you yeah. know, like this, they they had one chance and now it's yeah, vote by for four years. Yeah, but no, you can you can actually follow up on what you want to do 
every day because you have always the possibility to offer change. Was this like in in the history of politics? I I, I don't know a lot about politics outside of the Netherlands, but here we like are these one issue parties a thing that are here since the last like 10, 20 years, or have they been always here? I think you had it because you had because of the specifications of because of the the way the Holland is run. Yeah. Is because of the issue with the water, because you are traditionally traders, so you deal a lot with trade. Trade, yeah, I was gonna trading. Say trade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Traditional yeah. traders. Make friends much. <laughs> <laughs> but like in Iran, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just stop talking. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's that that. That's one um, proof that there's a lot. It is that Holland has a very open society and open politics, because then, well, I mean, yeah, compared, compared to other like, yeah. but still, it's not like still worried about this. Yeah, you're worried also. Everybody is, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, so that's <laughs> kind of. Uh, Another thing that one of the most important things that was discussed was how to do, actually do the voting, how to, what is the system for doing the voting that is not uh, undermining minorities or is not hurting people, right? Um, and that was to break down the problems and they say, well, these are things that need to be decided uh, in regional ways or there's a lot of discussions. There's ethical discussions. There's economic discussions. Like for example, with the mosque problem, like um, should should it be possible for non, you know, Christians to make decisions for the Christians or the other way? So also religious uh, discussions. I know of that. Um, but. So that was one of the one of the biggest issues. But there's something else that we talked a lot about also was the idea of trust. Well, um, maybe I'm interrupting now, but maybe we can get back to what you're saying with like you're talking about rules of representation, basically, like and how far can you you know are you able to make decisions about somebody else's. Um, for somebody else's benefit, advantage yeah. or disadvantage, and um, I don't know. Maybe uh, let's get back. But I think this fact of representation should be something which you could kind of uh, mark out as rules of the game, like how mm. it's played. That you have like a um, um, a mi minimum access to. That we're talking. Maybe we should. Talk about this later. Too <laughs> <laughs> <Still> big now. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you were talking about this example of uh, liking to do shopping in the Sundays, right? Yeah. Like, so, like uh, here, a lot it used to be always closed every Sunday. Right. Everything's closed because it's like the rest day of the Lord. You know? Um. But and it's not something that people can really be bothered by that a shop is open. I yeah. Mean, like. Um, like, it's a typical like if you don't like it you don't go there thing, but it's for some people it's like a religious choice. This is so difficult to 
talk about this kind of representational matter because you're never one or the other. Like you can be a Christian, but then like you're not not only that or something, you know, or like mm. only a Muslim or only maybe you're also the neighbor of the shop that wants to have the shop closed once in a while because you're tired of everybody. <laughs> so then you talked about so, liberalism, because that's like I said because. Mm, we could say because it's my property, I want to open it or close it or whatever I want to do with it. Yeah. Hmm? But but is this the only thing we should look at? I mean, I so don't know. I don't know. It's uh, like in the shop thing. The shop thing is 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 a, is a great example, but also kind of difficult because it's about ownership mm. also. More yeah. than, for example, the mosque problem, where people use, or like a neighborhood house problem, where people use it, but it's not really owned. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't know how this is, like, so, because I, I do kind of have a problem with having more or less, um, like, saying... Mm -hmm. Uh, because I think what you said, like in democracy, everybody is equal, but then it also denies that the fact that not everybody is equal, actually. You know, like everybody has equal vote, but they're not actually. But then that's, I don't know if that's a problem of democracy or a problem of the representational, representational system. Mm -hmm. Because when everybody's equal and can equally vote directly for something and not vote for a representative that's gonna be true somebody yeah mm -hmm. because the fact the thing is that in the people that you can choose from now are just all white for instance mm -hmm. um or mainly <clears throat> so there is not a really rep a real representation of of course there can never be like a person that's exactly like you in the government because mm -hmm. then you have to do it yourself but with with taking out the representational system, you don't have that. You can choose it for yourself. Mm. So in that case, if everybody is equal, I think that is really democratic. Yeah, so I don't think you should have... Have, have you been discussing in, in prior sessions like the referenda and the, like the yeah. recent referendas which yeah, for happened? Rotterdam? Yeah, for for countries. The general, like also. also the Ukraine one which happened last year. I'm no, Ukraine not, but for the whole India. Yeah. Talked about it. And because I think there's a big, it. like I'm... It was before it. Vehemently opposed to referenda. Yeah, I, mean, I think they're manipulative and that they undermine yeah. the system mm. because it's about like simplifying very complex cases into a yes very or no. Things. Also for the Rotterdam housing, social housing was yeah. terrible because the question was formulated very poorly. Yeah. Not so people didn't know what they are saying yes or no to. They just said, well, I don't understand it, so not my problem. And it was just it didn't get enough votes. So, so they decided just to do it, and now they are kicking out people to the rings, right? Mm. But maybe it's time to talk about the sortition then, uh, because um, in in this Greek system of sortition, it's or lottery lottery sortition, it's uh, the the way they used to do 
decide make decisions for the community was that um, it was a combination of election and uh, lottery and uh, everybody who used to have a business and was a technician basically like a carpenter a farmer whatever uh, they were known in the city because there was not so many much population right and um, it was uh, the aristocrats also were, were technicians because they knew stuff there was they had more knowledge so um, they used to make create lottery between the technicians or aristocrats and um, select a few of them uh, by by chance and they used to stay in a position of decision making of the city for a few months that's six months and that re the rest of the people would be uh, chosen by a system of voting so people would say i want to go for it run for it and then they would vote so they, this combination of these two would create this their, the main body of the city hall and they were given time to solve problems within six months right so the, the value it used to create was that people would become more aware of how to do things, how to run stuff, because they had to study this problem in order to be able to fix it. And they, they, didn't, they couldn't stay there for, to grab the power for a long time either, right? So that's how the, the way that it used to be until the revolutions in Europe and they decided to just go for the election and uh, that was basically considered more democratic than what, it, what we have now which is referendum based which is yes no and because first of all who formulates the question of yes or no right like what happened with turkey shall we give Erdogan infinitive power yes no right yeah but it was different with him because actually it's not very in the Netherlands, it's not common and and I think frowned upon if the government releases a referendum. A referendum is always instigated by citizens. Hmm. And in Turkey, it was brought up by the government. Yeah. And that's when it becomes kind of weird because the government actually has to choose for it themselves. So it becomes a popularity thing. And I, I do think they have to... When you want to change the constitution, because that's what they want to do, no, in in uh, Turkey, then the government has to do it because you can't do it without consent. Yeah. But so there's a huge difference in these two types of referenda. Mm. Um, but um, yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so but that's that's one really nice I think method to use like this is just a suggestion that Tommy said like sortition could be yeah. a way to to make this happen also because it also relies a lot about on uh, on original uh, you know tech, technicians people of yeah. that region to run their own problems and stuff like that he gave an example about Ireland no where they actually use this sometimes yeah with especially when the with gay marriage laws I thought they had this kind of sortition debates about it with people that were just sorted and then had to research it themselves 
and a lot of people that were against it in the first place voted for gay marriage. And so the they end. didn't particularly focus on one case. Yeah. So they chose. Yeah, I think I don't know. I think Tommy told this. I'm not sure. Mm, I don't remember. But um, that it was actually. But of course, this is kind of impossible for everything because then everyone ha has to spend. Mm. Well, it, unless when you're just like sorted once in every two years. Or yeah, so, but that's also a bit also like uh, jury duty. But what some other example is also that is a bit similar to this is uh, the way the part part parties work or dream to work like that is that they um, they have seats in the parliament like mainly very few in most countries um, and the decisions that are made in the party go through a lot of um, technicians or who are represented so like for example if the party has 1000 people who are in the, in the party um, somebody says somebody's a doctor somebody's an engineer somebody's like different technicians and these people are trusted by the other members of the of that party and they they choose these many people that like let's say 20 people are who are define or specialists in different topics they will become the representative of these others and they will make the decision and they will refer that to those three people who have the seats in the parliament and they will say yes or no right i think that was kind of how the pirate party is working um so then it is very much uh it is representative but it's representative representative so there's those three or four people who sit in the parliament are actually doing what's being told to them from those 20 and so representative who are followed who are being uh, chosen by the people who are uh, 1000 people and they it's also like change intellectual a lot. lobbyism yeah <laughs> in like, a way yeah. <laughs> yeah like technocrat kind of yeah way of looking at it yeah. Which is more, it's, which is better than just you know a few people discussing it and then saying yes when like the Tea Party or G G G O P of the Republicans in America. Mm. They say that that America is now a plutocracy, where the rich people have the power. Yeah. Because yes, <laughs> or Pluto has power. <laughs> <laughs> no, because uh, because Trump has all these like yeah. uh, rich people in the government yeah. now and his daughter. The one percent. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And something else that was really discussed was the idea of trust, because um, it's always a problem that people do not trust the government. Mm -hmm. And with with this system of, uh, if we think that there is there is the legislation is done by everybody. Then that's the the idea of trust is established. But then, as other things will rise, but we have to see what those things are. So that's kind of what we are trying to. Huh. Well, I can imagine one like implication because the, for one, it's like <clears throat> you want um, um, 
if it's about trust, yeah. and this is like a way of, of creating a way that people can take responsibility mm. themselves. But then you're t- you need to also think about the group who cannot, for whatever reason, take their own responsibility in engaging with the system. For example? So, for example, a drug addicts. Mm. Uh, people with uh, psychiatric pro- uh, problems. Mm. Uh, people who, I don't know. Learning mm. disabilities. Learning mm. disabilities, analphabetics. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Lack of access to technology. I think that won't be such a big issue. Like, there will be ways to yeah. um, Until this is so support that, you know, <laughs> having open yeah. spaces or access to technology. Yeah. I think that would be like a requirement mm. uh, but still there there will always be a group mm. so this is kind that, of a, a system which then like would enforce people to take you know encourage people and enforce people to take their own responsibility mm. so you cannot talk of a lack of trust because it's you the people mm. but there will always be a, yeah even very small but a select group who will or cannot take responsibility mm-hmm. And so then it's like, do you then just say like, okay, but that's really your own fault because that's almost a very neoliberal thing, right? Well, actually, we also there's also a discussion about that and and the engagement with the politics because maybe somebody doesn't want to engage with this whole system, maybe just they're not interested or don't don't like the computers or they cannot look into monitors, (laughs) like you know different things. but then that was when we, we there was there was discussion of a citizen reward system. That's kind of <laughs> tricky because, <laughs> because we, we have that in China and uh, Ooh, it's not going yeah. very well. That the idea is that um, if if the citizens of a country uh, or a society engage within debates of political debates then they uh, they will they get like some kind of a reward system and um, we talked about if it's not not money it's better because if somebody is rich then they just don't engage so and maybe somebody has too much time on their hands and they just spend a lot of time just you know just doing <laughs> legislation for for money um, but also the idea was that if they don't participate they're not using their citizen privileges yeah. right so like if you do engage then you can for example get some sort of a loan or but then, I mean, this get, you get some service would depend itself on the kind of bank of the resource hmm? Sorry? It would depend on the kind of bank of whatever source that you give, you know, that you give out from, that has to be collected from somewhere again. And I think if you think of it as like, yeah, engaging is a kind of privilege, as you said. Like, no, it is actually. Sorry. I thought you said that. That in like you have the right and access to engage. That is a privilege. Then if you don't use it, then you just decide to not use it. Like, it's not a problem somehow. Because no, yeah. if you make it. You know, it's really problematic. It like it creates a kind of hierarchy again, and it, you know, then it will involve resources, and then how to manage those resources and what mm. they are. I'm not sure if if you need these resources with blockchain. 
if you have like these smart contracts it's it, I think this like logic piece of data can calculate it easily but I, I still agree that I think it's problematic when mm. I think a reward should be a better like that's a reward right a better environment for yourself and your your friends family kin peers yeah, and everybody and and the fact that you don't share the same opinions as everybody else will be a mo the moderating force but the reward is the outcome of the process itself yeah, yeah of course but uh, I think so that's I mean if you really if you're if you're what you're doing in general with this project is you kind of re again like reconceptualize mm. the idea of participation and citizenship and, and development itself then I would say that yeah like the outcome of the process is that is really the, is really what you get. Mm. But then, um, if uh, you know that, then, then how to make it more inviting for people who don't want to engage, or if they what? don't feel friction, I mean, they don't feel friction. Yeah, if then you're, they, you're if they don't feel right. there's a, no. a problem for them. Yeah, yes. they just don't. Yeah, I no. think I think it's really important that when you live in a society that everybody is valued, no matter, no matter how engaged, no matter that like you the part the society is the sum of everyone. Like if you want to mm. sit in a back alley doing nothing with ever, mm -hmm. you're just as valuable if, as if when you want to engage mm -hmm. and go to all the political meetings yeah. or like take care of your uh, your family or, or in whatever way well, well this was discussed because of we were talking about like the idea of who is uh, how to take care of people who are needed to be taken care of like yeah. those groups that you mentioned because now there is the tax system and you know um so how to make it voluntarily possible for for people to carry the weight of also those people um, but yeah, I mean, the, the very uh, gone wrong example is the, the, the example of China that there's also the good citizen um, uh, program that they have. And so the, you, there's this software, yeah. there's this software, then you go online and then you participate in decision making also, but you will get points if you basically spy on your neighbors. Yeah. Or to in, to encourage them to go towards yeah, yeah. the agenda of the system, so then you get more points, and then it becomes like this addictive number that goes up, goes up, and then you just you just become the arm of the. So you, you release all your information, release everybody else's information, uh, even if they're not part of it, and you just putting it all there and so it, it has this happy face of this this uh, icon and this character cartoon characters but it's really just taking all the information in from the citizens this is really scary yeah but I think it made the biggest difference with that system and and the system that we are thinking about is that that system is still centralized you're still doing it yeah. for some some kind of like bigger thing yeah. And with this, is, that's the main thing, like finding out a way to have it truly networked and not like... Maybe it also like underpins the idea of that if, it, like, 
if you engage with this from just pure selfish reasons, it's okay because somehow it, you know, engages in, like, traditional politics is kind of based upon the idea that you are putting yourself up for election or putting yourself up for vote or representation for the greater good. And you're kind of like completely dedicated to the greater good. Mm. But like creating an open source situation is like allows everybody for purely selfish reasons, mm. you know, to engage. But because somehow through the whole system of amendments and checks and balances that would contribute to the greater good, but without having this kind of distanced or dis, you know, embodied or how would you say like um, um, f fictionalized distance to that cause? It just becomes part of the greater good because mm. you are part of part of it. It. Yeah. It's so also highly, highly <laughs> difficult to be people by <laughs> ego. Still <laughs> so. So. So no reward system. I no mean, it almost like brings you back to a very like 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 the super uh, like primary question: Is man good? <laughs> like, yeah. I think so. I don't know because there because there's no way to do like. Yeah, of course you can like you can I don't know hold your whole neighborhood hostage, and kind of. Uh, force them to vote something that's in your interest, but otherwise you only have one vote, so it doesn't really matter. Like if you are a super selfish bad bad, per bad person, I don't know if selfishness is necessarily bad, but if you're like, if you don't, if you wanna, it's also kind of difficult to be like, it's because you only have one vote, so it doesn't, in the end, like you have to, the only way you can make it truly yeah, that beneficial is if you can mobilize a lot of other people to be not selfish and vote in your interest mm -hmm. but it's but that's the question of you know accountability and reputation like how can you create a, a flow that is based on everybody's responsibility and accountability because um, there was also this this uh, the base that if um, if everybody is going is is uh, engaging online, then the accountability will become less than when it's face to face, because then when you're face to face, you you take many things into account than when you're online just behind your computer, right? Um, but then the if this system is designed in a way that you really think at the about the consequences and not you know commenting on YouTube, maybe there should <laughs> be like this amazing system because everybody has a phone and a GPS now, right? Mm -hmm. That you can only phone at the place where it's about. So, for instance, like this is just a really weird idea, maybe. But so about um, so this neighborhood house is gonna be demolished, and they, yeah, they all have to vote nice. about it. Yeah. So you have and to be there. You have to be like in, in order to be able to vote about it, you have to go there, and the GPS has to recognize it, and then you can say, otherwise it doesn't work. Yeah, that's really nice, actually. I don't know. Yeah, it kind of makes <laughs> you because I don't think like 
to be completely honest, a lot of people that are under 18 don't really own a computer anymore. They do anything on their phone. So I don't think the thing is of behind doing it behind your computer is going to be a huge... Of course, there are still a lot of people that have computers and everything. But it would be nice if it's, if it's mobile, no? Yeah. But you yeah, have to like <laughs> make it like in 40 years time we'll do like and something will drop and it'll die. <laughs> <laughs> I know you'll probably swipe some kind of chip. I had okay. You wanna guys? I wanna wanna hear something super scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, Marielle, our colleague, went to Munich and on her own, and she met this guy in uh, in. Um, not she didn't meet the, she just met a guy in uh, in her hostel that works for Facebook yeah. and Facebook now has uh, they bought the whole VR thing no but yeah. not because they want to have the VR thing but because they want to have the technology behind it because they're working on VR chips in your brain yeah. that sure. that do like augmented reality yeah. so but the thing is with these chips is that you don't know that it's augmented reality because you can't defer anymore. So, and they're actually, that's a, there's already people having these kind of things in their brain and they want to implement it in like two years. It's really sick. So I'm just saying, probably next year we're going to, like in two years, yeah. everybody's going to have this yeah. augmented reality chips. I'm no, watching uh, Black Mirror. There's a lot of this stuff in it. Have you watched it? Yeah. You see? Yeah. With this recording device and then yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. you do this and then <laughs> your eyes will go white. Yeah. It's really strange. Yeah, so probably, yeah. We probably have to only think it. In. And then it's all hackable. Because these chips aren't tested. Like, they're only tested for half a year or something. But they're going to push it on the market anyway. Yeah? Yeah. But who would, like... Sorry. <laughs> like, who would Because buy... the thing is, you could have, for instance, it's all this kind of stuff. For instance, you live in a flat. You don't really like what it looks like. But you can't afford more. You want to have a pet, but you can't afford it. It's not allowed. You can have this chip in your brain, and then it feels in it as if you have a pet. You can see it, you can stroke it, you feel it, you feel pain. That's not real. And you can have the nicest house in the world. They're going to primarily implement it into office situations so that you can have a really nice work environment. Oh my god. Yeah, it's really sick. This is not about this at all. No. But I was just <laughs> thinking about like the future. This is kind of. Yeah. yeah I'm. So, I'm yeah. Just the messenger. <laughs> but they're really making it. They're really making it. Yeah, it's existing. People have this already. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't know what the. They, they don't. They only tested it for half a year, so they don't know what the. Because the thing is, when it gets hacked, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Because you. Well, so we're going to pe- see people. Running in the street <laughs> away from dinosaurs. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but um, yeah. But this kind of technology is. I I do think it's interesting to think about this side of the technology, not only about the software that works with it, but also what you use to do the folding or something. Or mm. because I I do think a computer is interesting, but like a, a personal a PC or something. But it's also really interesting. If you take it out of the house, make it uh, mobile, or make like folding points where you ha- can. Yeah, that's. that's they have true. iris scans anyway, so that you have to have an iris scan or something, and then you can fold. Because that makes it. The thing is with 
folding now, for instance, you can do it either behind a computer or whatever, or, or in a folding, like in a, in a swimming pool around your corner or something. Mm. But because of when it's when it's based on technology, it's interesting to see. If Could be a mixture of, of the online voting and the in-location voting. So it could be the case that for some kind of voting, there's it's required for you to go to that city hall and then debate in the debate <coughs> space and then vote there, right? I mean, it could be different cases for everything. It shouldn't be all like the same. Yeah. Um, because I heard a lot of that actually younger uh, people like below 21 or something think it's ridiculous that you have to go to a city hall and fill on a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. They're not voting because of it. They think like, yeah, I'm not going to go there. It's, it's, it's partly like teenage laziness, but it's also partly that it feels ancient. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that's kind of the most important issues that was discussed. And of course, we, there's, there's the issue of complexity of system and the, 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 the idea with the, it's important to think about the difference between complexity and this difficulty or com complicated and this, this difference there are differences because when we are talking about complexity we have now in our traditional systems is so complex is a something that's that's contains too many elements that work together in order for something to happen in the end, right? Uh, but the diffi difficulty is like when, when something is just with no reason, just too much, there's too much hassle in it. So I think this the system has to be complex. It, it is complex and you have to, you know, anyway, deal with it but um, how to how would it be nice to just simplify the legislation in a way that's less complex and to to you know to avoid all the confusion uh, for people to engage better with it and, and to understand it more I think this could really be interesting also yeah. in that part because it this is a kind of uh, 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 relatively recent kind of theory on organization organization is that a word mm -hmm. um, um, and it basically proposes like to organize your meetings in a very particular ways this is just kind of like a handbook almost mm -hmm. it's funny they do like also um, uh, there's a constitution involved mm -hmm. in the, like running your organization like this and what they basically propose if I summarize, try to summarize it is that they try to reduce all hierarchy, which you would find in a normal organization, but try to articulate every role every individual has within a company. So your role is to create the exhibitions at Nana, and my role is to um, um, make sure everybody gets paid. <laughs> or, <laughs> um, um, and then there's a, there's a cycle of tactical meetings, which are very operational organized, and there's a cycle of governance meetings. Mm. And there's a very kind of like strict training involved to not confuse one with the other. 
So with in a tactical meeting, you feel a friction or something which needs to be done, but it's recognized as being something which, or an act which is actually more fundamental uh, a problem in relationship to your role. Uh, it gets noted and set aside for the upcoming governance meeting. Mm -hmm. And so in the governance meeting, it's a like a continuous like amending of rules and situations. Um, um, and so it's a kind of, it's a complex system, but it's also a system which is built to absorb the complexity or to mm -hmm. become even more complex, but by following a number of like guidelines or rules, if you're able to. I think I've seen the, the TEDx of this guy yesterday. Mm. Yeah. This, I think it's, it's a nice term also. I want to see the Persian meaning. Hola, Krasi. Oh, it doesn't have it. Hola, <laughs> Krasi. I'm gonna define it. Hola, Krasi. Holacracy is a specific social technology or system of organizational governance developed by Holacracy 1 LLC in which authority and decision makings making are distributed throughout a holarchy of self-organizing teams rather than being vested in a management hierarchy. Mm. Yes. That's basically decentralization. Yeah. Yeah, I it's really interested in seeing that. But do you think it's if, if you have some rem remarks you want to make? Otherwise, we can watch some two videos. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes, I. Uh, I don't know. I have just one question or maybe. So no, I, I, this this physical part or trust part or how people can you know make a decision in between for me it was it's a big question and I was thinking in that part of the scale you said from regional to national somehow like these things mm -hmm. I was thinking so what's the meaning of scale now in in this. Uh, you know, in this uh, collaboration and then make a decision and do for vote and, and so on. I mean, like, when you when you can start from the neighborhood to the block, to the zone, to the city, and then to the country and so on and so on. So how we can make this scale uh, maybe smaller, mm -hmm. then we can, uh, you know, we can involve more issue in between and then people can participate more I mean like those people they don't have a knowledge of computer for instance but they live in a neighborhood but in neighborhood we have a community we, we can create community yeah. with I don't know with, with the technology or whatever I don't know mm -hmm. I mean so we then we can start from the super super small uh, scale of neighborhood to the city mm -hmm. and so yeah I was I was really thinking because you you also exam uh, the the example of that democracy in in, in ancient Greek you mm -hmm. said about the lottery and so on yeah 
So, and we had this also in Iran, the concept of Mahalle, which, which it was like basically started from one alley with, with four uh, family living next to each other and then goes to a bigger uh, street, which four or five alley uh, came to this street and that this street went to the city somehow. Mm. So, you know, and then people started, uh, you know, make a decision from the really basic point to all the city mm-hmm. and, and also Cham was uh, working on, on this open source in, in architecture way of you know the making decision yeah, yeah. decision making mistakes and how to create a new form of parliament with, with this uh, like uh, idea of uh, looking from the informal to the formal yeah. discussions, can you just for me, this scale is really mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. for me, it's like you were discussing about like all the decision making for the others, but I'm thinking when you like voting at the mm. moment, you just kind of uh, you understand you just dis- uh, making decision based on the short face. And why you worry about this like behind this what with respect to the other people so for me this like whole uh, system most important thing is like discussion and debates and education mm. so for the others to know when you make this decision what is behind this the faction for the others mm. so I'm thinking uh, my project I was working on like this uh, social network but it's a physical one it's like a, a forum network so everyone's like involved and discuss about this issue so they also gain more like kind of knowledge and idea about this mm-hmm. yeah for me it's kind of important part and then like how they like collect all this dis- discussion together or decision making mm-hmm. so i'm focused on this like debating and discussion mm-hmm. part of this and and also it's kind of for me, also decentralized is important because when we talk about the party, mm-hmm. then somehow for me it could be dangerous because then it's also all about money because you also talk about campaign. Yeah. And it's based on like who have more money, they show more like their idea to the public. Yeah. So how to avoid that is also one how okay, to yeah. choose, uh, consider about that. Mm. Yeah. Actually, can I add something? Sure. I think it's really interesting also to really think of other kind of other consequences that this like possible project would have, or if this would be in place. So, for example, this that you would actually need um, spaces, or that you were before talking about ownership and what does it mean that you own, like if you own a shop, then you can do whatever you want with it or not. That like all those things are going to change. So maybe you would also. Actually, maybe it would also be interesting. Maybe you have a session on this or something. Like, I think it could, you know, like it's not only like everything is like as Cam says, like education mm-hmm. would be a big part of it that you might not really think of as like the basics, mm-hmm. but it kind of is. So like how all these different other things could be like be be really fundamental. Mm-hmm. I think it would be also. To have a session only talking about. <laughs> Um, 
kind of everything around it like maybe yeah. more physical yeah yeah so it's, it's like, like to like communicate through the internet has its own limit as you said so i think it's like mm. very important like the physical mm. communication space or like this social network yeah and also now what we are discussed is all about how we make decisions at the moment before that it is important when people should have the idea what the decision they are making and not just the questions behind the question what what is it what is it about yeah so it's like the way to give people the idea mm-hmm. and like whatever the the decision to make mm-hmm. is they, they know what the influence to the other but this already represents them so mm-hmm. yeah I'm also, but I'm actually thinking that the how Ali just uh, explained that the process of the blockchain and yeah, that yeah, no yeah. information goes lost would actually be a really like interesting system or database to reveal the discussion debate and education yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, following so there's some in that you know this the tool the instruments available yeah, would yeah. be able to um, yeah. uh, support or or accelerate or you know. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then you know what, how was it built up? Because, for example, today Trump went to Saudi Arabia and then they they signed a contract for four four hundred and fifty billion dollars yeah. for arms deal, mm-hmm. and two months ago he was saying that Muslims hate America, mm-hmm. and he was saying that. We should ban all Muslims from entering the U.S. But now he's shaking every Muslim country, Arab country's hands in Riyadh today, Except right? Except that six countries. Except uh, the, so, the other. Yeah. Yeah. So people just tend to forget stuff, right? Because it's just it's just lost in the air. Gets lost in the air. All this information gets lost in the air, and. Um, even if it's there, if it's recorded, it's it's online, it's on YouTube, everything is there. Just people choose to forget that. And humankind has the tendency to do that, to just forget what happened. And that also contributes a lot to the immaturity of public political knowledge, right? Because... When things are right, when things are going well, you're not worried. So you stop caring about the politics and then you just don't engage with it. And politicians do their job. Let's let them do their jobs. You say that. And then uh, after a while, you're you find yourself in the middle of a trouble. That's what happened to you recently. Right. Um, but if you're constantly engaged with the, with the, with the conversation, with the debate, and when you're part of it, and you have to, because nobody else is going to do it, so you have to, you just have to do it, then, then you will be more informed, and then you will be more educated about real things, yeah. rather than and having a chip in your brain with the, you know... Like Augmented reality. Yeah, like you will go after the real stuff. So that's kind of my, my hope that this will contribute to more... Political maturity of the public and education, uh, in that sense. Yeah, and I think it's also good to, if it has like, because now it is in a way for the public retractable, uh, 
what was the process of the decision decision making so for instance he like some politician gets lobbied by this then the decision was made because they talked about this and this was the problem like that yeah. but this is all very fragmented information where you kind of really have to be either a journalist or some kind of crazy enthusiast mm -hmm. to find this kind of, but if it's all hmm? also like if it's all kind of there very easily yeah. seen and in, in the same way constructed so it's understandable for people and in that case simplified although it's super complex to track it also yeah. yeah it would be interesting because that helps for education a lot like, mm. because I don't I really don't think an open source government works when you are not educated because it's the same with open source software if you it's it's a uh, great to use like I use it all but I'm not I don't know how it's made like I am actually not in involved in the open source community of it because I don't hmm. I don't program but isn't that part of it that you don't like if you use a open like open office uh, that if you run into things that you can make a comment and somebody yeah. else picks it up you don't need to do be able to do everything yeah but you need to have a forum yeah in which you can express that yeah Because it also helps with the accountability. Mm -hmm. Because if everybody knows what everybody has done, that's also a thing. Is this voting like? Can you see what someone else has voted for? I don't think that's very Ooh, the privacy uh, <laughs> no. implications. That doesn't uh, contribute to the privacy part. Yeah, but if. Uh, but if you are responsible for your votes and everything you can discuss. Yeah, but then that's easier to just point your finger at problems, when, at people for problems when something happens. But maybe that's good. <laughs> but it becomes only difficult when you're from a family where everybody is like you. Yeah. Can't, like when you you, you can still like vote for whatever you want and just say yeah, to your like family like yeah. yeah I think the downsides are more than the good sides. I'm I'm curious because you were the principal from Iran is called Mahali. Mm -hmm. It's we there's something like we always we tend to like look to the United States. And I think like having various political systems and a wider scope on like models of organization is very helpful because I don't know like the whole of Western Europe in any case is kind of like geared towards you know sometimes they read more about something about local politics and I think it's kind of it's a, a very concerning truth uh, but I also think it's dangerous to be caught up in it or it's very limiting it's the kind of the spectacle so you know it takes away a lot so I'm wondering if there's like if there is a multitude of different like you know political systems mm -hmm. uh, that that we are not looking into that the, this might still be like a set of uh, examples which are very euro or western centric yeah. actually yeah that's that's actually something that this this guy is going to talk about that, ah, okay. that he's talking about how human were in those times decentralized and then became centralized and now we are trying to again become decentralized 
So yeah. you also had it. Everybody had it. It, it, it was the, the Mahalle means neighborhood. Yeah. Right. Mahalle means neighborhood. Yeah. So everybody had neighborhood, and the decisions were made in the neighborhoods. But and yeah, your I know what you mean when you refer to Iran, and because the city planning of Iran also was in a way that was kind of very cozy and like you know, like these four families in this neighborhood nobody else usually usually goes there you know, like. yeah yeah but the idea is how we can uh, you know shrink this this way of hierarchy and bring it from the base and then build it up again to yeah. the top so when you started from these uh, limited like one street and then in, in one street people try to make a decision and mm-hmm. that that decision it goes to two street and then four and then six and go on to the whole the city and then so i think this is first thing is people can involve more mm. uh, you you feel this government can can work for you because mm. you start to look at it as a, as a basic point and at, from the zero mm. and so i think this is one idea when we talking about open sources it means all the dot all, all the zero and one we put it in this uh, surface it's, it's shared with everyone so so you mean you mean to uh, to develop the question or the topic from below to, to, to top right yeah. so form the question and form the, uh, the problem from citizens and to the streets to the blocks yeah. to the city and then to the country yeah exactly but how to make it possible? Yeah. Yeah. It it should have some sort of a domino effect or like a ten trendy, you know, because this is it, most of these things happen because they are trendy, trendy. Like I imagine in Holland, the city planning is very similar. If there was a designer once that said maybe it's a good idea to make the streets, you know, with these blocks, you know, this, the, the 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 planning of the design of the streets. And then it became a good design, and so other cities took it because it was trendy, because they liked Amsterdam, for example, right? So, or like Iranian, uh, like Tehran is very much, Molavi Street is a, is a lot like Berlin, I think, <laughs> right? Because because the king thought that Berlin is nice then, right? So they, they just copied it because the trend. And who started it? Yeah. So yes. there was something that designed, that some idea that was put there and other side, and then it became trendy and it grew up to a wider range and even global. But shall we see this? He's a bit monotone, so bear with me. For millions of years, Humans live together in small, decentralized network communities of about 30 to 70 people. Everybody knew everybody, and it was hard to get away with doing bad things. But then, about 10,000 years ago, something happened that changed the course of history, the invention of agriculture. Agriculture allowed people to produce food on a scale they hadn't been able to before. It allowed not just a few people, but 
thousands and even millions of people to live together in large societies. But humans have a memory limit, known as Dunbar's number. We can only remember about 150 people well. So in these large societies of thousands and even millions of people, we could no longer remember everyone that we interacted with. There was the rise of anonymity, and anonymity that threatened the social order. This created an opportunity for strong men to arise to restore social order. These strong men instituted social systems that were top-down, centralized, command and control. This kept the social order, but with great power comes great abuse. So the people that lived in these centralized societies suffered great abuses that paid a big price. But this was the only way to organize society on a large scale. So people put up with these abuses for 10,000 years, the entire span of recorded history. Then, about 500 years ago, there was another change that started turning the tide of human history back to the decentralized society that we've lived in for millions of years. So when you look at the whole span of human social evolution, the span of 10,000 years of centralized society, which is really all that we remember, is actually just a blip in time. It's a short transition phase that takes us from the decentralized society of our past, which, which was on a small scale, to a decentralized society of our future, which allows millions and billions of people to live together in a decentralized way. But what is it that allowed us to again live together in a decentralized way without those centralized structures? What is it that allowed us to bridge and transcend Dunbar's number? People-based trust systems don't scale beyond Dunbar's number, but technology-based systems scale virtually without limit. So it's technology-based, the emergence of technology-based trust systems that allowed us to organize society on a large scale without centralization. The first of these technologies was the printing press. It started with the printing press about 500 years ago. The printing press has no memory limit. And the economics of printing allowed ordinary people everywhere to cheaply record and communicate ideas across the whole world, free from the restrictions of the centralized state and the centralized church. Communicating these ideas with people freely, without censorship, inspired the first democracy movements. People started challenging the state, started challenging the church, developed their own ideas about how they could do things. But the printing press was only the first of a long series of technologies, the most recent of which are the internet and Bitcoin. I refer to all these technologies put together as the technology of trust. 
Employee-based trust systems don't scale. Technology-based systems scale virtually without limit beyond Dunbar's number. So we can once again live together in a decentralized way, but on a large scale. The technology of trust has four pillars. The first of these pillars is decentralized communications. Before we can do anything, we need to communicate what we want to do. And decentralized communications has two essential components in the modern world, the internet and cryptography. The internet and peer-to-peer -peer decentralized technologies such as BitTorrent are now enabling people to communicate without censorship. So centralized power structures can no longer control the, the flow of information. However, the internet by itself is not enough. We need cryptography because without cryptography, the centralized structures can still use surveillance and censorship of what we communicate. And this impacts our freedom of speech, our freedom of thought. To have freedom of thought, freedom of speech, and freedom of action, we need privacy-enabled communication systems. So the internet plus cryptography gives us that. The second pillar of a decentralized society is decentralized law. So first we communicate about what we want to do, and then we come to an agreement how we want to cooperate. And for that, we need decentralized law. The three essential components of a decentralized legal system are choice of law, choice of adjudicator, and choice of enforcer. Choice of law means that we can choose the law that applies to our agreements and our interactions. So for example, we do a contract and we can choose the law of England or the law of Switzerland, or we can even make up our own law. Choice of adjudicator means we can choose who hears our disputes, who resolves our disputes. And finally, choice of enforcer means we can choose who it is that enforces our contracts and legal judgments. These, these three principles sound like ra very radical ideas, but it may surprise you to hear that these are actually not untested theories. This is the original way that our legal systems operated. These ideas date from prehistory. These were the cornerstones of the legal system of our past. It's only in the past 10,000 years of increasingly centralized societies and increasingly centralized legal systems that we've gradually forgotten about this, these building blocks. And today, it's almost impossible for us to imagine how we could have a legal system that's decentralized in the way that I've just described. Mm. It's time to bring back these ideas and to reintroduce them into the modern world so that we can really operate a decentralized society. I and other researchers have developed a complete legal framework for a decentralized society that operates on these principles. And in fact, we're already implementing these principles and these legal systems in our businesses and in so-called startup cities. Following the examples of Hong Kong and Singapore, there are now entrepreneurs building so-called startup cities 
in developing countries, autonomous regions of developing countries that desperately need jobs. And we're building these startup cities with these advanced legal systems that allow people to create jobs and generate wealth on a scale that hasn't been possible in today's world. Today's world is suffering from so many laws that it's virtually impossible to do anything. And these countries desperately need jobs, they desperately need wealth creation. So these are very exciting developments. The third pillar of a decentralized society is decentralized production. Just like we've had with decentralized communications, decentralized potential production, and secondly, decentralized energy production. This balance across national boundaries, starting to see where there are people to produce their energy cheaply at home at a virtually It goes price. into very practical and together, production of energy and, from you know, like... Um, like 3D printing. Yeah, 3D printing. But then here comes interesting again. And the next day they heard that the government was going to confiscate 40% of the assets and there's nothing they can do about it. But with these technologies, you have the power back in your own hands. So those are the four pillars of a decentralized society. And there is a logical order to them. First, we communicate about what we want to do. Then we agree the terms of our cooperation. Then we produce what we've agreed to cooperate on. And finally, we trade the goods and services that we've produced. Together, these technologies form what I call the technology of trust. They will enable ordinary people to communicate, to come to legal agreements, to build products and services, and to trade without interference from third parties. So what does the world of the future look like? Imagine a Maasai warrior on the plains of Africa who has no access to the... Yeah. He, he, he describes the that, yeah, how he can make like, uh, a product and sell it if he has nothing but a phone. That's his idea. But so this is this is kind of he he put it very nicely in like formulating like this is agreement law production and, and distributing of the services. Um, who discovers your 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 remarks about you know the debate because it's it's true that we have forgotten how you used to do this stuff. Like there was this this exhibition in Boymans uh, last year about um, Middle Ages. Mm -hmm. Of course, that was the centralized uh, era, but the way it, it's, it's it's about lifestyle of uh, Middle Ages. It was paintings of Bruegel and um, Mon, uh, Bosch and uh, other painters from them, Elder. Uh, who the elder? I forgot his name. Uh, Peter van Bruegel. Somebody elder, I forgot his name. But yeah, it was about uh, how they used to do their work and, and how it was um, 
how how did they uh, everyday life was processed in in a, in a way that it was back then and we don't understand it anymore we can only see the pictures and imagine that this is the way they use they do their chores or their management or, or take or their government but we cannot really understand it because our thinking has been changed so much after the, all this time has passed uh, yeah so so this is something that that's talk about decentralization but I we also agreed to talk about as, as example of centralized system which is good example is the states Iran is also based on that so that's three branches legislative judiciary and executive um, so legislative is the is the parliament basically that makes decisions judiciary is the law and executive is the presidential or yeah yeah the government yes political mm -hmm. and um this is the only way we are we know this we know how to do things and um the the argument of this oral principle government is that the did you the legislative branch is being doing is being working like this for 800 years so um, and and of course there's too many ways to do the check and balances did you say checks and balances that's to, to check the other branches of the government so that they don't go too powerful right this one is shorter uh, but it's a nice one. Ever heard of checks and balances? No, not for a bank account. The checks and balances I'm talking about are for the U.S. federal government. The Constitution divides the U.S. government into three branches, the legislative, the executive, and the judicial. Each branch has its own job to do. Checks and balances keep each branch of the government from using their job to become too powerful. How? Here's an example. Congress is a legislative branch. It's split into the House and the Senate, so it already has some checks built right in. The main job of Congress is to create bills that one day may be turned into laws. But Congress can't go around making any laws they want and expecting everyone to be okay with it. That's what parents are for, right? So when Congress passes a bill, it goes to the president for approval. As the head of the executive branch, the president can sign the bill into law or veto it. The president's decision is a check on the lawmaking power of Congress. But what if Congress doesn't agree with the president? Congress can override the president's veto if two-thirds of its members vote to do so. Even though this is very difficult to do, it's how Congress is able to check the power of the executive branch. But that's not all. The judicial branch of government, or the Supreme Court, can also check lawmaking power. If a law is challenged in court, a judge might decide that the law is unconstitutional. That's like saying it should have never been made. It can even throw out a law that has gone through Congress and been approved by the president. Now, don't think the Supreme Court's just there to delete everyone else's work. Their power of interpreting law and settling disputes has checks, too. For instance, Congress has the power to make an amendment to the Constitution. 
This is a long and difficult process, but it can make that law they wanted to pass constitutional. In addition, it's the president's duty to select and appoint federal judges. This check prevents the Supreme Court from creating its own rules for selecting judges. That's good, because who knows? I might want to be a judge someday. And I don't want somebody making up new rules to stop me. After the president selects a federal judge, the Senate, part of the legislative branch, must approve his choice. This is a check on the executive branch. It makes sure the president isn't picking judges without the Senate's consent. Congress has final say on the number of federal courts and judges. This is another check on the judicial branch's power. The president can do more than pick judges. The president has the power to issue an executive order to deal with some situations, like if there's an emergency. Maybe he needs to send troops overseas to stop a rebellion and rescue Americans in danger. But even executive orders have limits. Only Congress can declare war. That means unless Congress supports the executive order, the troops will eventually be called back. Plus, Congress must approve paying for these actions, so the president can't keep the troops in action if Congress doesn't give them the money. The Supreme Court could rule the executive order to be unconstitutional, just like it could a law. The president is the leader of the executive branch, but if he gets power hungry or starts breaking laws, then the House can vote to impeach. That means bring charges against the president. nothing now like before you know, she was kicked ass she yeah. was quite cool she <laughs> was yeah. she was involved in formation of the cabinet yeah elizabeth is also involved in the cabinet kind of from the england yeah she's not involved this is not there's some I, I don't know exactly know what part but formally the, the queen or the monarch just uh, signs stuff uh, appoints the formature or something yeah. it's like it but that's not happening any now further, anymore it doesn't go any further than that it never has so and so beatrix also got a lot of beef because she would be like outspokenly political or like there was that was like the which i thought was pretty cool that she would say stuff about builders which was really kind of like not 
neutral. Well, yeah, exactly, <laughs> because she needs to be a queen for everyone in the Netherlands, so it's kind of like uncalled for, but she was like, like, yeah. she's <laughs> Yeah. Willem is not at all. No, but he's a pilot. <laughs> he's just revealed. <laughs> Did you know? <laughs> no. No? He's no? just, just, just like normal. He's been, he's been flying KLM flights for 21 years. Really? Yeah. He's kind of like so fun it, thing with his passion. It's, it's I don't know what I think about this. There was this article on some kind of American <coughs> website or magazine or something. That says like if we have a monarch that lives like kind of like model people like money modal like uh, just above working class like what's modal yeah. in like middle class that he's just like, living as a middle class person that's not true at all yeah. he lives in a palace yeah <laughs> but did he but, also get paid for this I, I keep thinking it should be huh I don't know. Okay. Oh, I guess. Yeah, how the economic system with them, like how the how is the financial society? It's really interesting. Like, who doesn't know? Well, the monarch, like, the monarchy, they get paid. They get paid from taxpayers' money. This like, is always, is yeah, yeah. There's like they are on the budget. So this is now upcoming also a new discussion because it's like once Amalia uh, turns 18, she like the the. The royal kids, they receive like a stipend every year after they turn 18, but it's like half a million <laughs> each year. It's like it's a really, yeah, it's a lot. I'm not, like, I'm not just uh, they're doing nothing for it, really. Also, I think it's, I'm, I'm such a republic, I really, really don't like I don't think they do nothing for it. And I think, like, in I think Beatrix really kind of embodied or uh, that role of the monarch in a really good way like she kind of like she organized she was really kind of like present also and she organized to be a stabilizing factor uh, when you know LPF uh, came around and she wasn't afraid to speak her mind I think Little Alexander said just a bit more it's feels yeah just and, and then they say but this is a part of the discussion I'm not a, like a big monarchy fan myself but it's part of the discussion is that they do do like play a part in a lot of trade relationships and they make, you know, their presence make the Netherlands popular for trade relations with Arab countries, whatever we said and so on. Soon, soon. I think it's going to change though. soon. Yeah. With the, yeah, with the way that the Arab countries are, are dealing with the world. I don't know, I just see a lot of change coming. But Ooh. yeah, good change. Um, good change. Yeah, I hope. <laughs> um, so I, this is it's already five forty, and uh, I was hoping if we can, you know, talk about the kind of group working and if so, if you are interested to come for the next sessions to because the way it's going now these sessions are kind of um half of it is spent about if there's there are new people is spent about reintroducing all these terms and ideas uh from from the beginning and um the the whole the the actual process of designing the blueprint is being of course very much developed but um, with with all the inputs, 
um, but the, the, the design, because this is a design process, this design process is it should be done by the, by the members, and uh, this is also kind of a very com uh, collective project. So. Um, I'm hoping to apply for like this democracy and uh, what found democracy and media. Yeah, 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 but uh, uh, and then make things more, you know, serious and. I actually think I um, and I just looked it up. The deadline is 15th of August, so there's time. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a, a funding strand with creative industry, which I think would be perfect yeah. for this and would really like allow you to kind of. Uh, develop this, in a, like, and we could apply for that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, it's just <laughs> no. It, it's called it's called a uh, um, uh, transmedial non-fiction yeah, yeah. uh, uh, regeling. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, and it also like it has a focus with uh, on open source, and as being part of finally being part of a session because I missed the earlier ones. I think. There are a number of things, uh, like I would love to help you with that application and it's like I would propose to do it together and there are a number of things which came to my mind going through like the whole conversation is that I think it would be really helpful, you were already working on a glossary, glossary, uh -huh. glossary of terms, but there are like some What's really, a glossary? glossary is like an index of various oh. terms, mm -hmm. and that it would be really helpful to create a glossary but also because so I think some um, terms or uh, definitions might need a bit more attention. Mm -hmm. uh, so for instance, like we've been speaking about commitment in various ways, like in time and engagement, etc. I think that's like important to kind of mm -hmm. work work on on that or terms such as uh, writing all, all this kind of like stuff down, like what kind of definition of democracy is central to because you know there are two popular definitions of democracy one is the majority vote mm -hmm. and the other one is that democracy is a space where minorities have a vote so mm -hmm. you know um, um, in building up the project and the blueprint that it, these pieces need attention and there are various ways to do that internally or by looking towards a forum and, and making it active mm -hmm. and public and actually in a way that um, yeah, is accessible and becomes part of the open source structure mm -hmm. itself in a way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think uh, it's, it's at this point it's really uh, necessary to think about what what, what needs to be done mm -hmm. so that like somebody can say, okay, I'm good in this and I'm good in that and I can take care of like. I can be part of this group and I'm trying to be part of that group so that the whole the whole process is moved forward uh, instead of only debating. Um, so as as I reviewed for you, like there's there's different things, different questions that are quite um, uh, they they keep repeating uh, every time. They keep becoming repeated yeah, every time. And also, I think, yeah. like, to what end or what's the end goal? So you want a yeah. blueprint, but you maybe also... To test it. 
yeah. simulate it. Create a simulation. Yeah. Like not have the blueprint as yeah. an end to the project, but have the simulation as yeah. the end to the project. Well, the the, the And that goals? would be really kind of like fit really well on this creative uh, machine learning phones application as well, mm. because you could kind of really also develop, then you you don't remain at the theory, you can also you know, work on the simulation and that could, you know, be more of an artistic project. Yeah. The goals uh, that thought I thought maybe would be helpful would be, as I wrote it on the website, are well, ongoing state is, is the same as is the sessions that's happening every month and uh, participation is to to uh, ask as many people as can to, to participate and feel invited and part of the project, uh, you know, rather than uh, visiting. So becoming involved. And that also makes it more practical if there is some kind of fun. So that's, luckily, uh, the, I applied for the Sebeka fund. Mm -hmm. uh, that's research uh, project uh, fund. And they they gave it. So there's gonna be a seminar and a publication by 2018, 2018, I guess. Um, well, that's that's the ne uh, next step. And so there's constant research uh, process, and that's just whoever is interested, I guess, would be doing, but. Uh, but isn't it an idea? Sorry to interrupt, but um, to because so there, I think to get into work mode, so to say, is for people to. I think research would be very important now yeah. to, and that kind of strongly relates to this creating of index mm. because we are talking about certain words, even like it can go all the way into semantics about what a word even means, but it's. Like, uh, I think that's really and, important. Like, even if you just talk about constitution, like you know, have, having a very specific, you know, discussion about what do you expect from a constitution, having mm. various case studies involved, like also looking at instances when constitutions was changed. So we have the recent Turkey example, but like. When did it happen? Like, what prompted a change to happen to the constitution? These are, th I think, these are like within the framework of the whole project to work towards uh, the actual open source government. I think these are things we need to delve into. Mm -hmm. But uh, sometimes uh, there are some, um, you know, topics that really are very specific. Uh, they require knowledge of a specialist, so like a lawyer. Exactly, so we need to write that into a plan, so yeah. we can also like you know, afford to call in some socialism. specific... Yeah, to involve people from other, because usually it's only artists. And like when, when Tommy was here, I was very interested, happy because he, he's an artist also, but he has some insight. Or Ali, like Ali is kind of... Um, uh, the technician in, in the IT. Yeah. You guys are architects, and you know, like, you know, with, with this idea of You're all local. Mm, He's a photographer. And uh, you know, like everybody sees it from from their own point of view. 
if it relates to your research also, that's good. Well, that's even better. Um, so there's so only one artist at the table. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's all artists. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 it's not so true. Yeah, actually, it wasn't. So yeah, I but I mean, we, we none of yeah, us really yeah. have specialized knowledge. Yeah. You know, our specialized knowledge lies in other fields, and we're interested in these systems because they affect what we do so much. Mm. Yeah, but on the other hand, we are you are director of an organization. I know it's very hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that is that is inherently like that is that it's all about systems yeah. and how it works and how it so. I don't think it's that alien. No, no, no. That, this is, but that's why I'm also interested in like what you know. I can see all these kind of options of rethinking your own. You know, I have some ingrained ideas about power structures which I don't necessarily adhere to, but I've just been taught that way. So I'm really interested in. It's all in about reshuffling that. Yeah. In a way. It's all about rethinking the way we do things. You know. Mm -hmm. to just think twice, maybe we can do it in a better way. Okay, so, but what but would be research items for now? Because, like, we can talk about terminology, but I don't even know what the terms would be. I would have two particular suggestions. What if we, like, set an agenda for the next time, a very kind of, like, clear one, and maybe say, like, um, um, I don't know, I think it's also up to you to set the agenda, but for instance, an option could be to say, like, let's take a whole afternoon and talk about the Constitution, you know, and then maybe we can think about particularly inviting people who have this knowledge mm -hmm. and, like, start working on that structurally in parallel to that. Uh, I can kind of, like, redraft the notes I have and start working on a project plan, and maybe we can put that somewhere on a Google Docs or somewhere open so yeah, that we people have can Google. respond, because yeah. I guess that, like, just to work on it for my server would kind of be atypical to the whole project. Yeah. Um, um, and that it would like start parallel to that shaping up something as a, a project plan, which you know would be entered to stimulating response and to uh, mm. the media fund. Yeah. Okay, so Thanks. for next. And then maybe parallel to that, we like the. It might be useful if like the three of us have the, like a parallel discussion, which is not like a working session like this, but just thinking about the all the various ways Mama as a base to the can be supportive to the project on what it is we can and cannot do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for next time, maybe it's good to have themes for every time that we also communicate yeah. this. Uh, so next time it's going to be great. about the constitution. Constitution. And we had like uh, before the before the meeting we talked about what kind of online things we can use. So Pandar uh, made a Google. Yeah. Uh, I made drive folder with. So so there's this this group. Uh, it's not filled in yet. I just created it. So the, all the information from all the sessions, also, of course, everything is on the website also, but here there's room for for creating more files and to just do more research. And maybe we can have a folder for just just put articles in there, put links in there or whatever. And there, I also created a YouTube channel, YouTube playlist 
So that's on uh, Project Open Source, Project OSG. That's the nickname everywhere on Twitter, Instagram, Project OSG. And um, it has a playlist. I'll put it on the website also as well as at uh, Google with, with all these informative videos. I didn't put everything there. Just try to be very selective, but they, are, they just explain whatever we talked about so far. Um, and they're mostly TED Talks, which are really nice. And there's from private parties, everything. Um, and there's another thing that I just confronted with, Slack. It's called Slack. And it's a website for chatting about certain issues. So you can make a group. And Usually then, in forum. Huh? A forum, exactly. So you can make a, a, a group and then you invite people into it, right? I just made it last night. So I can invite you if you want just now. And then you can make different discussions and then talk about that. So everything is recorded. It's there. You can just go back to it. It's very open source stuff. Um, so if you want to, if you want to just be part of the conversation and you contribute to the idea for the next session for other sessions you can maybe give you your emails or just can just can add yourself now and then uh, oh no just write it here yeah. and so the, the slack you need to open an account for that or i did i made an account for everything okay yes. but to join no but to join on the slack we need yeah. to create our own like slack account no yeah yeah i think so you can put test your, uh, your for you now if you want. You can put your uh, at your mama. Uh, your mama. Oh. Oh. Awesome. Are, are these do the um do. Do the letters correspond to the uh, Farsi letters? Oh, did they? I don't know. Do they? Well, you have to change language. Ah, uh, but is this like, for instance, the A? Yeah. It says it's on the back. You see? No, no, but is this the Aha, Farsi this is, A? This is yeah. No. Shin said Ye Be Lam Aleph, I think. Te Nun Mim. And you're Iranian as well? Are you Iranian yeah, as well? Yes. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> being Iranian. Uh, last night I parted yeah. with these guys. Ah, yeah. <laughs> my, sis, my brother-in-law is Iranian. Oh, yeah? So it's kind of like, it's good news, but it's also now it's very likely that my sister will move to Iran. Really? Which would have been like, you're already no, like in a good yeah, probably yeah. not. Yeah. yeah, she's planning on uh, moving there. I thought she already lived there, actually. No, Madrid. Oh. But he's there. He is there now a lot. He's setting up business with his brother. Yeah, so I guess we have to decide about what the what the core uh, uh, action groups, let's call it, would be like, you know, who can work on what and what, how could we do engage with it more and also these books are um from Bach in utrecht it's about mm. leaderless politics it's mm -hmm. really nice stuff 
Yeah, you uh, you can read it, but uh, bring it back yeah. whenever you can. Yeah, I think that's there's one more copy in the library, so. But yeah, so. I would suggest so. that maybe like parallel to like sessions that discuss like subjects yeah. and like content, maybe it could also be interesting to have like sessions on strategies. Like in like how are you like instead of like shaping core groups already, maybe it's like maybe there should be a session of like what is like the the first things that we can just do and test mm. and then what are the things like also like make kind of priorities and then be like oh okay like I can work on this or not and like mm -hmm. but to also kind of see what could be done already mm -hmm. no. like just the test thing mm, yeah. or like what like like maybe about like arts spaces connecting to each other you can do already a system and then see how that works and mm. I don't know and then I, I think the, the discussions that you brought up with the local, the, you know, debate mm -hmm. could be something that you all you could all be good at. So maybe if you like to think about that, yeah, and I will just research. Yeah, he's actually doing a project, yeah. so that yeah. could be. Yeah, yeah. kind yeah. of. It's already. Like, a pretty short time, so it would be like kind of roughly designed, hmm. but still. It's like, Mm. You know the next what, session is. What, when is that happening, or what are you working on? Uh, it's, uh, because uh, it's our uh, school project, and now I'm working on our topics decision making space. So I'm kind of focusing on open source governance. Mm -hmm. So I also kind of now I'm designing like this uh, discussion space network. Framework. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So and and uh, wh where for? No, it's uh, not the real project. Yeah. yeah. They just uh, <coughs> kind of develop on the paper. But they say at Kavaka. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So this is a, a project within the Kavaka. Which, which direction or which uh, which what's your course at the Kavaka? Architecture. Uh, yeah, architecture. Interior, Interior architecture. Interior architecture. Yeah, that's interesting. So you were already working. So this on is it. A, like yeah. You just can update. Yeah, next. yeah. Do you like? Do you feel like discussing this and for the twenty fourth? Is it good time for next session or seventeenth of June? It's uh, 17 or 24th of June, we're thinking 24th, about. 24th, we are rebuilding. Hmm. So it doesn't really matter. We could also move there if it's a mess here. Yeah. Uh, but but did, do you want to stick to the like third Sunday of the month, or is that too inconvenient? Third Sunday would be 17, but. No. Mm -hmm. 17? Yeah. 18. Oh, oh 18. Oh, yeah, 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 18. Sorry, sorry. 18, but we can do it on the 18. It's the same show, right? Yeah. The last day. Oh. Is there like a closing ceremony? Or yeah, we might busy? want to do a thing on the 18th. No? So then 25th. Well, yeah. you, you would know that better than I. Yeah, no, well, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I have, like, uh, because the show is so much changing and because everybody can just stick it up. Actually, the finissage is nicer than the 
Yeah. Opening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, um, okay, so the 25th. Yeah. So, so if I'm the, by the 25th, like I'm, I'm interested in, in, in because I spent a few so days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you go to your left and you go all the way to yeah. the end, there's. Okay. You have to cross the, the hidden. Yeah. Well. Uh, I've been studying constitutions a bit <laughs> recently, mm. and um, I'm interested in learning how they were formed and how they were uh, uh, written down, like these four forefathers of the new, you know, American mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, constitution. Like they, <laughs> They really spend a lot of time. They sat down and they they formed this document, and it's nice to just read all this stuff and then learn how it's formulated and why is it not changing if it's not. And um, like in Iran, we adopted uh, the Austrian. No? I, actually, I don't know. What is the Arab system based on? Constitution you know? of the Iran. Constitution, where is it based on? I think it's based on Austria. Yeah. It's really, I don't it's really Austria or Switzerland. Either. Right. It's one of, yeah, like I, I think it's a German language country. Mm. Mm. I would propose, or I, uh, maybe, I, uh, um, I would propose to, to invite, Def, like I could invite Dr. Marotta to be there. He's yeah. also an artist, but he works like He's around text. He's a friend. Yeah. yeah, I think you could have an interesting because he's done so much like research yeah. also into the development or coming into existence of script. Yeah. So that was our kind of and which is always True. like the writing as an act was a kind of like based on accounting, right? About mm -hmm. rules in principle. So I think there's an interesting link. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a good idea. He's also invited in the W one three nine exhibition. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good idea, yeah. We can both, uh, I mean, I can also send him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And maybe we, like, we can think about people. Who like uh, somebody family. Have some kind of interesting relation to a constant. Like a lawyer person, yeah. or a historian even. Mm, yeah. Mm -hmm. So. I should know these people. Like, I studied in Leiden, but I just kind of, like, burned all my bridges there. <laughs> but I'll give it a good thing. <laughs> so, I, I want to work on that for the next month. Yeah. And research a bit. Maybe you can also look into that, what you discussed. You also want to work together with Kim and Hara? Yeah. I don't know if I can, but yeah. Uh, Could you write this down? Yeah. And I can invite you to this uh, Slack. Yeah. So you can put your updates there, just chat. We, we can make, create like a general chat. So that's like, hi, what's up? What happened? Who's who's where? And then another Funny other one. <laughs> Another one on like different topics. So we have like few topics so far. Mm -hmm.
Yeah, and so and then next we, next time the 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 theme is constitution, constitution. Okay. and maybe and regi regional impacts. Like, how would you how would you formulate this? Mm -hmm. So like from top bottom top bottom top legislation, let's say, huh? Mm -hmm. Bottom top constitution or impact. Mm -hmm. Impact mm -hmm. is better. Yeah. yeah. Bottom to top impact. Uh, do you have your calendar? Like, would and would it make sense for us three to make a, a separate meeting? But yeah. then preferably after the first of June because we like deadlines. <laughs> like eight, eight maybe or or nine you're off. Uh, eight of June. So I'm gonna stop the recording. This is no. so interesting. Like, <laughs> <not> <laughs> goodbye, world.